This is Life Admin Life Hacks, a podcast that gives you techniques, tips, and tools to tackle your life admin more efficiently, to save your time, your money, and improve your household harmony. I'm Dinah Rowe Roberts, an operations manager who used to pack too much into my week, but now I know my limits. I'm Mia Northrup, a researcher and writer who likes to schedule breathing room into the work week so I don't feel like I need to collapse and veg out all weekend. Hello and welcome to Life Admin Life Hacks. We all have seasons of life where there is a lot asked of us, and if you're desperate to have more freedom in your day, then listen up. So in this episode, we'll talk about how to find more time in your day for reading, exercising, family, yourself, all of the things. This episode is brought to you by our signature program, The Art of Adulting. Our next intake of members is in February, and each month we bring you masterclasses and mindset sessions to help you get on top of life admin and stay on top. Our topics include time management, decluttering, organizing digital photos, plus setting up your foundational life admin tools. There's also weekly co-working sessions where you can do your hour of power alongside other members from our private community for extra motivation and accountability. This is a monthly membership that meets you where you are with sessions and resources for those wondering how to begin and those who just want to consistently follow through and the support to stay organized. Head to lifeadminlifehacks.com to check it out and jump on the wait list. So Diane, one of the things we hear most from our followers and our listeners and our readers is that they want more time. Literally, sometimes they just write time, time <laughs> in the comments. Yeah, time for reading, exercising, being in nature, doing nothing, watching Netflix, playing with the kids, working, I guess all sorts of activities you'd like to be doing more of and less of the things you don't want to do. Yeah. So we're going to run through 12 ideas you can start putting into action today. But before we get into it, you know, if this is you, if you're like, yes, this is me, we want you to think about how much time do you need? Have you got some goalposts and a target for how much extra time you'd actually want in the week for the activities you want more of? So if you're going to sort of solve this puzzle, you need to make this concrete and not just a general vague complaint. <laughs> you need to say, you know what? I just need half an hour every day or I need eight hours a week or I want a whole night off myself you have to decide how much time do you need because then you can approach these different techniques to see what works for you and know where, where what might give you the most impact so before we get into this I want you to think now how much time would I actually like in my week how much extra time do I need yeah of that 168 hours like yeah how much extra do you need to find yes okay Let's do it. Okay. So the first tip is really to think about your bedtime. So actually, if you go to bed earlier or just even give yourself a consistent bedtime, you'll actually feel refreshed and be more energized and productive. And that actually can give you feel like you have more hours in the day just simply because your energy levels are in a better place. Yeah. It's bizarre that it's funny that, you know, there's lots of resources now that are like adults need bedtime just like children do and that if you go to bed early, if you might sleep longer, but you're going to feel better and so you're going to perform better and actually get time back in your day because you're not going to be sluggish and dragging around and doing things ineffectively and slowly. And I think for most people, the kind of stuff you end up doing late at night is not really stuff that's going to make you feel energized and refreshed. It tends to be scrolling or you're watching 
bad TV as opposed to the things you're more likely to do when you get up earlier in the morning, like exercising, those sorts of things. So really thinking about that can help you reframe that kind of bedtime decision. And if you're thinking, you know, I think we've probably both been in the situation where you're like, no, but I like to stay up late because after the kids have gone to sleep, that's the only piece I have in the day. It's the only time that's me time. It's kind of a false economy because you're probably not doing the things that are nourishing or useful at that time, as you said. So go to bed earlier, wake up earlier, because you'll then do the activities that you do want to be doing more of. Yeah. And linked to that is really the second tip, which is to know your chronotype and when you're most alert and effective. So are you a morning person? Are you like an evening person? jump online. There's a whole bunch of chronotype quizzes you can do. So you can just really get to know yourself better. And then that will really help you think about when you do your most challenging tasks for both work or maybe life admin is that, you know, you should tackle these things first in the day or last of the day. Yeah. Do you know what's your chronotype time? I'm definitely the morning person. Yeah. And I feel like I've changed. I think this is one of these things where your morningness or eveningness changes over time. I definitely Mm. used to be getting like a second wind in the evening and do things. And now that I'm an old lady, (laughs) I'm like, I'm totally a morning person. And I, sometimes your smartwatch, like depending on what smartwatch or Fitbit they'll talk about, you know, if you wear it at night and it measures your sleep patterns, it'll actually Mm. tell you your chronotype. But obviously there's the fun quizzes online too. So understand how you wired, what does your body actually need? When are you most awake and alert to do things more efficiently? Okay, so the third one is actually what about not scheduling anything? Ooh, <laughs> idea. Just don't put anything in your goddamn calendar. So block out days when you, like at work, when you've got no meetings or at home where you've got no appointments or no social activities. Think about setting a limit on extracurricular activities for your kids so you don't have things going on every day of the week. I feel like that's a big one. Like, you know, we don't want to deny our kids all the wonderful opportunities that are out there to expand themselves and have fun and, you know, pursue different sports, but there's got to be a limit. If they're doing things every single night of the week and half of the weekend and you're just running around, it's a hell of a lot of time, not to mention a hell of a lot of money, but it's a hell of a lot of time for you to be shepherding them around. And I don't know, if you think back to our own childhoods, I don't, I was not a scheduled child. No, me neither. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the years went by where I was not doing any extracurricular stuff. There weren't even the same range of things. No. A bit of netball, a bit of t-ball. Yeah. Join brownies for about five minutes. Like I used to walk myself too to like tennis. I had to, you know, from a very young age when my parents weren't driving me over there and watching me play, they were just like, it happened. Take some of those things off the schedule. It's too much. Another thing I've done in other seasons of my life is like set myself a rule on nights where I won't go out. Like I used to have a rule that I definitely wouldn't go anywhere on a Sunday night and I definitely wouldn't go anywhere on like a Tuesday night or whatever it was so that I knew there were two nights when we were always going to be at home um, and we'd have some rest. Yeah. So I think, you know, just give yourself some regular clear space in your calendar and commit to it so that you you give yourself that time if that's what you need, just some space. Yeah. It's your calendar. You can control it. Yeah. Okay. Sort of tied to that is this idea of saying no to avoid additional commitments and responsibilities. For a lot of people, it is very hard to say no. 
Yeah, you really need to practice saying no to build this no muscle Mm. because particularly if you're used to saying yes and sort of people pleasing all the time, it can be really hard to turn that around. Yeah, I think this is obviously something that affects women. You know, there's been a lot of societal conditioning. There's conditioning that happens in families that women should be helpful and not self-serving, you know, you've got to be polite, you've got to be kind and people really struggle to say no. If you're one of these people, this is, this is super common. There are podcasts and books dedicated (laughs) to this total topic, but it's key to be able to assert your boundaries. And if you have that reaction, when someone asks you of something, you're like, Oh, friggin' hell, help. Oh God. Okay. It's like that is a muscle to work on. You can do it. So we love the four tendencies quiz by Gretchen Rubin that you can take to see if you are an obliger or an upholder. And this is a quiz that explores how you respond to expectation, how you respond to the expectations you put on yourself and how you respond to the expectations that others put on you. And obligers are people who are kind of the classic people pleaser, they find it hard to say no. And yeah, Diana's point, you're like, me, me, me. <laughs> Try not to manipulate that, Diana. But, you know, she's up for it. She's up for it all the time. Um, and upholders have a similar tendency in that they they meet those outer expectations, but they also meet the inner expectations they put on themselves. They're likely to burn out because they're just trying to do it all. They don't want to let themselves down and they don't want to let other people down. So it's useful to understand if, if you fall into one of these camps and Gretchen Rubin provides a whole bunch of sort of strategies about how you can work with these strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I have is I have massive FOMO. So particularly if there's social activities, I'm like, oh, I don't want to miss out because I really like those people and I like that activity. And so I think one of those things is having some of those rules about how many social things I can do. And actually, if I really want to say yes to this, then maybe I have to say no to something I've already committed to and apologize and say, I can't do that other thing. So I think that that's one of the strategies I've used there. And I, I do think people really are under understanding when you give context to your priorities and you don't need to feel guilty if you apologize and say I can't make something most people are in that same boat people often in the same season as you and get that you've got lots of commitments yeah absolutely the hacking happiness book by Penny Lacasso she has like a whole chapter that she dedicates to how to say no and she gives you all of these strategies to help you sort of get out of that busy trap and move away from the, the guilt And I think, yeah, the the key point of like people are reasonable. They'll understand what's going on in your life. If they're your friends, they're like, yeah, we know you're super busy. (laughs) We get it. That's fine. We'll see you another time. And actually on your point before, Diane, I realised I do have this sort of unconscious rule that I have given myself where I really just, I cannot do more than two things in one day, like two social things in one day. Yeah. The third thing, and I'm an extroverted person, but I just like my downtime and I know that I'll, if I do the third thing, I'll be depleted, I'll be tired, I'll get cranky, I'll be, you know, I won't be my sparkling, swishy self. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny, I've never really consciously, like, yeah. recognised that, but I definitely am like the third thing. I'm like, no, I can't do that. And when I hear other people who are like, oh, we did this, we went out for brunch, and then we cut up for them, and then I'm into the meal, I'm like, oh, my God, like, how did you, how do you, how are you coping? Yes, it's saying no to those commitments and responsibilities that might come from other people, but also things that you might 
But in order to do that, you do have to have a calendar with all the things in it. Like, because I think one of the traps lots of people fall into is saying yes, but then they don't realize they've actually committed. So when someone asks you, like having the natural reflex, I'm just going to check in my calendar and like, look at what else is going on around that. That's where having added in some of those other tasks that you know, you need to do to keep your life in order, like laundry and meal planning and grocery shopping, having all of that in your calendar helps you realize you actually are already too committed to take that additional thing on and I'm imagining right now there's a whole bunch of people listening to this going yeah and I have one of those partners who just says yes to things and they don't know what we're already doing and I'm like but we're already doing this that day they're like oh I need to know (laughs) and you might feel obliged that you then have to turn up but you don't you don't you can say no they can go by themselves if they want you know that's a conversation to have and (laughs) You want to be getting them on the, look at the calendar. Let's talk about these things. Have a little communication skills workshop on that. Now, obviously not everyone might be in the financial position to buy back time by outsourcing, but I definitely think it's worth talking about because it's been something that's really saved me in seasons of my life where I've been taking on demanding jobs and realizing that when you earn more income, one of the ways sometimes you might need to work more hours in order to like make that sustainable, you really need to think about using some of that additional income to buy things so for example it doesn't have to be super expensive it can actually just be things like what about doing your online grocery shopping which might have a very small delivery fee or even just the car to boot to save the time of walking down the aisles or maybe do meal delivery kits like a hello fresh or a marley spoon or have some other way of minimizing the time that it takes to meal plan grocery shop and do the cooking certainly in seasons of my life i've had various like ready-made meals you know healthy ready-made meals delivered which can be a huge time saver yeah and i like that idea of thinking about outsourcing like on a spectrum so one end of that spectrum or continuum i always i never know where it should be a continuum (laughs) one end of that continuum is someone comes to my house and just delivers me prepared meals for the week. Yes. The other end of the spectrum is, yeah, I get the car to boot delivery at the supermarket yeah. so I don't actually have to go in. You know, find your sweet spot on that spectrum and you can apply that to all sorts of activities in your life. There's actually a book, great book, Buy Back Your Time, Get Unstuck, Reclaim Your Freedom and Build Your Empire by Dan <laughs> Martell if you want um, more ideas about outsourcing. But you can, you know, you can get a virtual assistant to do research for you. If you've got a holiday coming up and you're like, I don't have time to poke around TripAdvisor, you can hire a virtual assistant depending on your opinions on ethical sourcing. You can find someone who will do stuff for like $4 an hour, you know. They might buy things, they might organise things, they might research things for you. Um, you can also get like a cleaner. I think it's pretty obvious, but you could oh. also get like a gardener to help with, you know, gardening tasks or maybe a dog walker or certainly Amantha Imber, who we had as a guest on the show. She used to have someone come into her house and chop up vegetables, just knowing that that was a huge time suck for her because she liked to have those all ready to go. But yeah, so there's sort of those classic things of the lawn mowing and the babysitting and the, you know, dog grooming, like that is outsourcing, having a, having a personal trainer, that is outsourcing, you have to think about your exercise plan, you're just getting someone to make these decisions for you. So it's buying back your time and buying back some of that decision making overhead as well. Okay. 
So another thing you can do to save time is to batch activities. So I think traditionally people often do think about that in the context of cooking. So Mm. like making dinner when you make lunch or make a double or triple batch of dinner and then put some in the freezer for next week. You know, the idea that you can make one mess, clean up once and get, you know, two or three meals out of the same effort and time can be a huge time saver. Yeah, I, I do that on Sundays. I do a big meal prep batch thing I literally make all my little breakfast yogurt pots and I cook a whole bunch of chicken drumsticks I get big bags of frozen vegetables I bake them I put them in little Tupperware and that is my lunch sorted for the whole week it saves me so much time during the week but it's not just cooking that you can do batching so you know you can also think about doing the laundry in a few hits rather than having to do laundry every day I know some people like to do it every day but maybe it's more time efficient to batch that you can also think about handling things once and I think this is a huge one for me in Mm. terms of email because I think so many people fall into the trap of opening an email reading it and then not actioning so then you have to circle back later to deal with it to respond or action the thing Mm. so we talk about like those kind of tasks being two minutes too easy really making sure that you take that Nike just do it approach and get it done because otherwise you effectively revisiting the same topic you need to reread the email you need to rethink about it so really focus on having that discipline of only opening your email when you have got you know two five minutes that you can actually action the thing respond, act, delete in the same moment. Don't double handle things. Yeah. I think this is useful for activities too, where it takes you a moment to get in the zone of doing it. Yeah. So if you know, okay, I need to sit down and concentrate to do this thing, or it takes me a while to get in the zone. then instead of trying to do that four times during the week, just do it in one big session. So you can get in the flow, stay in the flow, knock it out. But have a think about the activities in your week where that approach might work for you. So I guess partly related to that is thinking about minimizing interruptions and distractions. I was reading some quite interesting things about that you can't actually multitask, that when you think you're multitasking, you're task switching and how that makes you so inefficient. Mm. I think that's really relevant when you think about like notifications on your phone or the temptation to check email when you're in the middle of the task because effectively that's task switching. So really think about setting up your environment to minimize those interruptions and distractions actions, turn off those notifications, disable all the pings and the dings. You know, otherwise you just, there's very few people who can resist the urge when the ding comes to pick up the phone and look what it was. Oh, I I just, I I know some people need to respond to things quickly, but I'm always (laughs) shocked that people have all their notification alarm, like little bells on. It's, I'm like, how can you work like that or live like that with just this ding, ding, I feel like people from 100 years ago would see that and go, are you out of your mind? Like, <laughs> yeah. So the way that I minimise distractions is if I've got all my notifications turned off, I don't even have the little red number badges that shows me how many messages, like, you know, mm. how many emails in my inbox or the messages because the anxiety just ratchets up or you, you're trying to write something and you're just looking at that number getting bigger. Who needs that either? I found that's like that's a game changer. But there's also things like, you know, you can have focus time settings on your phone so that you can't be disturbed. Or you can turn it off. You can turn it off. Or not take it somewhere. Or take it with you. There's also apps and tools to block distracting websites and apps. So if you need, like, you need that external control, you can use apps like Freedom and Stay Focused. 
how it will prevent you from going to social media. Like you put in the sites that you're like, don't let me go to this website. And you set the time and it's like computer says no. (laughs) I think you can also actually tell your family or colleagues not to disturb you for a period. And I think being a podcaster, that's something that my family are used to when I say, it's podcast recording time now. You're all going to need to leave me alone and be silent yeah. for an hour or two hours. So I think, you know, most people really do understand that when you need to have some focus time. Yeah. The classic here for me is when I have some work to do after the kids home come home from school and they come up and they just you know, every five minutes, oh, can I need help with this? Or can you help me do this? I'm like, I need one hour. One hour, the cone of silence has descended around mummy and then I'm all yours, but I just need to concentrate and I explain. If you keep on interrupting me, I'll be here for two hours because I keep interrupting. But if I can have one hour, I'll get it done and then I'm all yours. I think another really interesting thing to do is to, you know, if you know what's kind of distracting you and taking up your time and like say if it's, you know, streaming services, you might want to even cancel your streaming services for a certain time or you might want to set your TV to turn off at a certain time so that, you know, you can really limit yourself. Yep. And I love that fact that TVs have that functionality. You can go into the settings and you can say 11 o'clock, just turn it off. Bedtime. Bedtime, lady. <laughs> it's the entire internet goes off in our house at 11 p.m. And yeah. the very few times when you're actually watching something at 11 p.m. and then it stops is very frustrating. It does actually help make sure that their kids, etc., are not on devices after 11 p.m. I like that. Another one is to think about like maybe deleting things from your phone that are distracting, like might be games, but it could also be social media apps. If you know that that's something that really distracts you, there's no reason why you can't look at those apps on a computer when you've got different, you know, when you're in a different setting rather than being distracted by that all the time and another great one is to unsubscribe from unnecessary emails because the reality is they just keep coming and they distract you every time and it's way easier to take the two steps to click unsubscribe than than having to do the multiple delete 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 hundreds and hundreds of times yeah all right next one minimizing travel time if you are spending a lot of time commuting have a think about how can you wind that back you're in a hybrid work situation can you be working at home more can you find a faster way to commute yeah it's about either commuting less or commuting faster what can you do about minimizing that travel time and a lot of us also spend a lot of time driving our kids places which is a great opportunity to see if there's some carpooling you can take advantage of work with other family or friends or parents to share the drive pick up a bunch of kids take turns instead of you driving your kid every Tuesday. Maybe you can get away with doing it every other Tuesday, once a month, whatever. I think the other thing you can do is think about making the most of that travel time so that it becomes less about travel time. So there's two ways of looking at it. I used to quite like being on the train and reading a book and then it wasn't actually travel time. It was actually pleasure time because I was doing something I enjoyed or what I my husband does is he does his life admin while he's commuting so he's sitting on the train and actually dealing with our family admin emails and reading school newsletters and things like like that textbook partner (laughs) so I think you know then that sort of transforms the travel time into your life admin kind of almost hour of power 
wow, commuting wow. time. So again, it's the temptation is to use that time to scroll social media or watch YouTube videos. But if you actually use it for something that's meaningful, then it's it's not such a big deal. It's not just a waste of time. I like that. Listen to an audio book or yeah. call people. Yeah, call people in the car. That's what I do when I'm driving. Yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> the thing is, like, in terms of travel time, is to do with online shopping and using home delivery yeah. to avoid having, you know, driving to stores and coming back. It's another way of thinking about yeah. benefits of online shopping. Okay, so I think we're up to the 10th yeah. tip now. So I think this one is about leaving some things unfinished or applying the sort of done is better than perfect or the 80-20 rule or satisficing as we like to say. So don't work that extra 30 minutes to polish it. You know, is it actually good enough? Then stop, you know, stop even the comparison shopping when you've got to a good enough answer. Don't look for that optimal solution let go of perfection and polishing or waffling and just move on. And, yeah, as Cheryl Sandberg says, done is better than perfect. Yeah, just go down tools, just call it, call it. Yeah. Especially for people who have, you know, high standards or have that bit of a little bit of perfectionism, knowing when to just call it and know often that your standards might be higher than other people's and they're going to be like, this is amazing. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, I can still got it. Like, no, it's fine. Embrace that. Okay, the next one is to think about actually tracking your time. So Laura Vanderkam, who we love and who we've had on the show, she's a big advocate for time tracking so that you actually know where you're losing time because I think that's often um, the problem is you feel like you don't have enough time but you don't actually know what you're spending it on. Yeah, this is like the wake-up call that you need to have a cold, hard look at reality of where your time is going. And what I love about, so Laura Vanderkam, she's a productivity time management expert, and she encourages people to not think about your day, like your 24 hours. It's really hard to optimize your day and squeeze more out of your day. She says, widen your lens to the week. You've got 168 hours to play with. So if you're looking for, you know, two more hours to do more reading, more exercising, yoga, meditate, whatever it is, you get 168 hours and that just makes things feel more possible. You're like, of course, I should, I can find a couple of hours in 168. It's a lot of time to deal with. Obviously you're taking out sleep, but it's still, it's a better frame than the 24 hours. We're actually going to do time tracking as part of the Art of Adulting program next year. Clearly optional, but we're going to spend a whole month deep diving on time management and how to find more time in our days. And finally, Dinah, we are going to do time tracking. We've been talking about this for years. <laughs> we're like time tracking curious. It's going to happen. We're going to do it. I have prepared the spreadsheets. I've made it as easy as it can possibly be. We're going to do it. And I can't wait to see what it yeah. reveals because I know, you know, even though we've spent a lot of time thinking about this and working on this for ourselves, we're going to learn some things. We're going to learn some cold hard yeah. truths. <laughs> I must admit, I feel like I'm a bit scarred from when I first started my career and we had to track every six minutes of our time while they were at work. So I do feel like that time tracking has burnt me, but maybe, you know, it's 30 years ago, so maybe I'm ready to move on. I do think that as a minimum, you can actually just look at, you know, turning on the settings on your phone if you want to just do a mini time tracking, because I do think a lot of people can waste a lot of time on their phone and just having that awareness can sometimes help you realise where some of that wasted time is that you might want to repurpose for doing the things that will truly, you know, give you energy and joy. Yeah, like the the screen time on your phone. I find it funny the categories they put in, like when they put in like email and they call it productivity apps. Not necessarily. (laughs) That is not necessarily productive. Definitely not. Yeah. Okay, 
The final point we want to make here is around making a time investment. And this is getting to the idea of short-term pain for long-term gain. And the short-term pain is taking the time to set up the tools and the systems that will save you time in the long run. So you probably have some things in life where you're like, ugh, I know if I just spend some time tweaking this and configuring this, then it wouldn't take me so long in the future, but I just haven't made the time to do it. This is a great place to start. And this is some of, some of those life found admin foundational tools, like setting up a password manager, for example, come into play. You're going to take a moment to download those apps, set it up, because you know it's going to save you so much time in the next years to come. And it's really interesting because people don't often think about, you know, making a time investment just like you would with a financial investment. You know, you put $1,000 away now and you know that with compound interest, it'll pay you back tenfold. We often don't think about time in the same way and time is just as precious as money. You might say more precious. And so thinking about making those investments wisely now for your future self is a really valuable way of thinking about things. Yeah, beautiful. All right, I feel like so we've covered 12 ideas there for you to consider. Pick a couple, experiment, let us know how you go, let us know what you try and what works for you. We're very curious. And then come and join us in the Art of Adult Trigger. We're going to all do our time tracking together and have epiphanies and revelations all over the place. Yeah, so managing time effectively is also about having the right calendar tool. And as Mia said in our program the art of adulting we spend a month deep diving on time management scheduling and unearthing more time for you to play with and we also offer the monthly momentum digital calendar and you can subscribe to this calendar of life admin activities and live your most organized year yet because this calendar integrates with google calendar microsoft outlook apple calendar any iCal compatible calendar tools basically and it's going to serve you up essential life admin activities for the year ahead there's monthly, quarterly and annual tasks covering one-off and recurring life admin activities like getting your tax return in by the deadline, comparison shopping reminders for major household expenses, nudges to check your finances, checklists to help with back-to-school prep, all the things. Yeah. So head to lifeadminlifehacks.com slash resources and subscribe. Or if you join us in the Art of Adulting program, your access to the calendar is included. So you can jump to the site and get on the wait list. So we hope that these hacks around making more time will make your life a little easier. Our top hacks are to treat this as an experiment and trial one or more of the 12 different approaches to see what has the most impact for you. Track your time for the ultimate wake-up call and give yourself self-compassion about the season of life you're in. Know it won't be this hectic forever and that you're doing the best you can. Thanks for listening. Show notes for this episode are available at lifeadminlifehacks.com. And if you're a fan, please subscribe and share the love and tell a friend or review us in your podcasting app. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn.